Good evening, TVN listeners. It is 8 p.m. Wednesday, September 18th, 2013. Welcome to This Week in Interview. I'm your host and guide, Anthony Drago. This Week in Interview brings you conversations with personalities from across the globe who, because of their station, their work, their experience, their talent, makes them especially relevant to the Caribbean region, and in particular, Dominica. The last few weeks, we've been exploring the role that technology can play, and I should say should play, in the future of Dominica and the region. We, we explored the, the role that technology can play in education, in agriculture, in industry. We, we looked at energy and manufacturing. Uh, we had some special guests who had um, special insight. And then we did a follow-up program and we came with um, a project that would see um, smart boards um, in classrooms in Dominica and, and tablets in the hands of school, school kids. And we, we were excited by that project. Well, tonight we have, we have a special guest um, and we're going to have a conversation with that special guest because he is respond part of his responsibility is to create the enabling environment that's going to allow um, this this project, this type of technology projects to happen. So we'll be right back, hang on, and we'll take a quick word from our sponsors and um, we will be back with Mr. Craig Ness. Stay tuned. Dominica, Dominica, the people, 
Okay, so we're back, and as I mentioned before the break, we have a special guest with us tonight. Um, tonight we're having a conversation with Mr. Craig Nesty. Craig is the executive director of the NTRC. The NTRC stands for the National Telecom Regulatory Commission, and the um, Regulatory Commission has the responsibility to, if you want to say police, um, manage, I guess, and, and also there is something in the mandate that talks about creating an enabling environment. Um, so we thought that it would be quite relevant to to have Craig with us um, tonight, especially since we, we had um, listeners calling and they were infused about the idea of, of, of taking on a project that would um, introduce technology into the classrooms and using wireless technology and all of that. So without, without much delay, let us give a warm welcome to Mr. Craig Nesty, the Executive Director of National Telecom Regulatory Commission of Dominica. Craig, welcome to this week in interview. Tony, uh, thank you for having me, and um, good night to all your listeners um, in the diaspora and in Dominica as well. Yes, Greg. We're very happy to, to, to have you, and we know we know that um, sometimes your schedule can get very hectic, and we really appreciate you taking the time out um, to come and to tell us about the NTRC. We really appreciate your time. So why don't you why don't you just introduce our listeners to to the NTRC, what role you play, and and what really your um, the mandate of the organization is? Okay. Well, the NTRC is really the National Telecoms Regulatory Commission. It was established through a treaty um, in St. Kitts and Bastyr, where five islands of the OECS came together. That's Dominica, St. Lucia, St. Vincent, Grenada, and St. Kitts. And they formed what was the first of its kind, a multinational regulatory body to regulate telecommunications. And that was necessary back in 2000 to bring in the liberalization of the market and introduce competition into the market. And in part, because of this, we had um, the new entrance into the telecoms market in, in the five island states. Um, notably, we had a lot of mobile entrants like AT&T, Singular Wireless, uh, and now recently Digicel. We have a, a number of ISPs in Dominica. We have um, SAT, Mapping, and Lime. And a few fixed line operators again, mapping SAT and, and Lime in Dominica. In the other OECs, we have similar trends with flow cable providing both fixed lines and internet service. We also have a very extensive um, submarine cable network. Um, we have the GCN and MCN now providing submarine cable connectivity at Ivan States, as well as the ECFS, which Cable and Wireless was a part of. So. There are multiple routes to get out of Dominica internationally, and um, there's competition in the mobile sector and competition in the ISP sector. Um, the fixed line sector, we still have a dominant provider in Cuban Wireless, but 
other sectors are providing um, intermodal competition, if you want to put it that way. Okay, so yeah, because we know the effect that lack of competition has had um, on the pockets and I guess probably the economy of Dominica in the past. So I'm <laughs> sure a lot of Dominicans are heartened by that. Let's talk about um, the the management, if you will, of competition a little bit. And um, coming from the U.S., for example, we know when when companies in the same sector want to merge or buy each other out, there has to be an approval process. Does the NTRC has that type of authority? Let's say, um, just for argument's sake, let's say Kevin Wallace would have made a bid to buy out Digicel in Dominica. Would the NTRC have a say in whether this deal would go forward or not? Well, we actually have very practical examples of that. Um, Orange, Dominica, for example, was a cellular company out of um, France and um, basically operating in Guadalupe and Martinique. They had a small operation in Dominica. So at one point, Dominica, with 70,000 people, had three mobile operators, Orange, Digicel, and Lime, Kibla Wireless. And Digicel eventually bought over Orange. And part of the license stipulations is if any of the shareholders in any one of the um, telecom providers changes by more than 25%, then the regulator has to get involved to um, oversee that sale and ensure that there will still be sufficient competition in the market. All right, so that's, that's one situation where, in practical sense, we actually had to step in and oversee the... Um, So there, there is the framework, you're saying that there is the framework, uh, or at least you, you have the authority to, to approve or to, not necessarily disapprove, but to ask for the restructuring of a deal if there was some sort of merger that would result yes. in a, yes. an upgrade duopoly. Right. The, the law is there, and there are mechanisms in the law that we can engage in order to ensure that the, the players comply. Um, they, they may be more stringent than we would like, but there are corrective measures that we can we can implement. Uh, but well, what you have to realize, though, is some of these operators are multinational, and they operate at a much higher sphere, higher level than, say, just the NTRC in Dominica. For example, we have a situation right now where um, <clears throat> Columbus Cable is is contemplating some sort of merger with Cable and Wireless. Now, that would span from Jamaica all the way down to Trinidad, right? So no one regulator could really sort of um, in, prevent, prevent that that, um, from going to that, that Columbus from going Cable is, is flow on parent company, if I remember, right? Yeah, that's, that's right. Okay. That's right. So it, it would take a, a unified approach from, from all of the nations in, in the Caribbean and to, to determine whether or not that is something they'd want to see happen. Because on the one hand, the, the mergers will bring economies of scale. It may bring reduced costs and so forth. But on the other hand, it could lead to a monopolistic situation or a dominant provider. So there will be a lot of people basically debating on, on that issue and, and the path forward that would best benefit the um, populace. Definitely. So that's interesting. Um, now, since we're talking about um, the region, I know the NTRC is part of Ectel, right? Right. So can you, I know you, you 
mentioned it briefly. Um, but can right. You, can you so yeah, so we sort of got digress digress a little bit on on the functions because um, we dealt in competition issues. And that's really one of the the primary functions of the regulator is to introduce competition and to ensure that there's um, vibrant competition in the market. But the the way the structure is organized is there's the advisory or central body called ECTEL where most of the resources in terms of um, technical, legal, financial resources are supposed to be housed, right? And the NTRCs in the five island states would therefore be able to tap into those resources to solve local problems on the ground. So, for example, the legal and drafting department of all of the laws for the five island states would emanate out of ECTEL, and that would lead to a harmonized regulatory framework between St. Kitts, Dominica, St. Vincent, um, Grenada, and all, all of the five island states. Um, in terms of our interconnection regime, setting up interconnection policies between the, the, the incumbent providers and new entrants, the, the policies are basically established at Excel and those would um, permeate throughout all of the five island states. So, once an operator comes into one of these states, the laws from state to state would be pretty similar and, and harmonized. Right. So you say a new entrance, a new entrance into the market will have a certain, um, if you want to say, threshold that he would have that 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 that, that entrance would have to satisfy before he would get necessary licensing. Is that is that is that correct? Right. So so the the, the licensing. Okay. How how the criteria for entrance would be would be um, established? Um, we have to go back to the structure of Excel. So Excel has a board of directors, which which are made up for um, with individuals from five countries. So these five members from five different islands would sit on the board of directors of Excel, and they would they would sort of set policy decisions at the Excel level. And twice a year, you have what you call the Council of Ministers meeting, where the ministers responsible for telecommunications would meet and and they'd be um, they debate on different policies as to where they 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 perceive telecom should move or should not move based on um, proposals put forward by the board of Excel, which sort of um, are fed up from the NTRCs. To Ectel and to the board and then to the ministers. So, so does Ectel and NTRC have, um, for example, um, a say in rate increases? Do the utility, do the companies have to submit um, for approval like a proposed rate increase, or does or that's not right? So, so there is something called the price cap plan, which is basically put in place to simulate competition on a provider who's a dominant provider. So Lime or Cable and Wireless, who deals with um, in their fixed line segment, the fixed line market, they would have to submit um, they'd have to submit a, a request for price changes, and the 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 prices, the the request that they submit would have to um, meet certain criteria in order for them to 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 be ex to be approved or not approved, right? In in other markets like the mobile market, which is deemed to be highly competitive. Um, there's no mandate on the providers to submit any any proposals for price changes or anything like that. Um, they're, they're free to compete um, 
openly in that segment of the market. So it, so it really depends on whether um, one provider is deemed as a dominant provider or not as to what the criteria is for price control. Okay. So, so it is fair to say that, that NTRC and Excel have a very strong um, regulatory um, power on the telecom on the telecom industry in the Caribbean. And, um, not, not, the, not, not the Caribbean, in the OECS. Yes, I mean, not the Caribbean, the OECS. And I was just going to, I was just going there as a matter of fact to say that we seem to be able to make things work in the, in the OECS that, that seems to be pretty difficult and impossible in other parts of the world. Um, do you have any, from, from somebody who's on the inside, do you, do you have any any uh, views on why that seemed to be? I mean, for example, we have the central bank, which is across multiple, I mean, independent jurisdictions. We have um, before we have the NTRC. We have uh, there seem to be the ability for the OECS islands uh, and in some cases even wider to CARICOM seem to be able to to successfully cooperate where you have um, more sophisticated economies like the European Union and, and so on that seem to struggle with, um, with being able to cooperate on that level. Um, I mean, I, I'm, I, I don't know if you, can, if, you can, if you want to speak to that um, a little bit in terms of our ability to be able to work together. Well, I, I think I think it's a testament to the forefathers who came who came before me, who were able to have the vision to establish this. But what we must realize is that we're very very small island states. I mean, seventy thousand people, one hundred fifty thousand people. I, I don't think we have much of a choice but to cooperate. In fact, the, it would be very cost prohibitive for Dominica alone to engage a legal and draft a legal drafting department. A financial analysis group, uh, uh, economic section to regulate a market study research team to regulate um, five companies on a population of seventy thousand people. I mean, we had to find some way of doing it, and I, and I think what they did was remarkable, and it has served well over the last ten years. The the global economies might not have that pressing need for, for that type of um, unification, but I think without that, I mean, we, we wouldn't be going anywhere. Right. For example, a, a small economy, like a small government like Dominica trying to take on a giant like Kilo Wireless, for example. Exactly. <laughs> we know yeah. the result of that <laughs> from before. <laughs> yeah. But I'm, I'm always impressed. Not, even, if, even if it seems to be born out of... Um, out of necessity, I still admire the, the fact that we're able to put it together and to make it work. And yeah. we have persons, um, young people, I can call you young, young people spearheading those organizations and being able to find more similarities than differences. Um, so that, that, that I think is very admirable. Um, Craig, we, we've spent a little bit of time on the regulatory part of it. And I think, I think the listeners, now have a good grasp of of what you um of what you do, but I was just about to. Somebody just sent me uh, an an IM that says, "Do you do you guys review the rates and advise the utilities on on reduction of rates, or do you only do um, approval of proposals to change rates?" 
Well, there, there, there are many types of rates, sir. Many types, of course. The the one rate that we've um, act, actively um, engaged the utilities in and trying to reduce is the interconnection rate between the the providers of um, of um, mobile and fixed line communication. So those interconnection rates were actually reduced in a phased approach over three years. And the idea was, if those interconnection rates are reduced, then the retail rates would subsequently be reduced because the interconnection rates are a component of that cost. Well, that didn't necessarily have the impact that most people anticipated. And right now, there's actually a view that the retail rates are what should be regulated. But it kind of goes against the grain of trying to promote competition and, and having petition decide um, what the price in the market should be. You know, so it's a it's a very tricky balance. So 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 the thought is that um, the for example in the US, I remember where right now we have unlimited most most providers do unlimited calling within well unlimited calling period. But they uh-huh. started doing unlimited calling within network. So, uh-huh. so I, I guess I, I am not really familiar for the rates are in, in Dominica, for example, but I'm guessing that if um, one provider's customer is calling another provider on that same exchange, that the rate is, uh-huh. is cheap. And the interconnect rate that you're talking about is if um, one provider, a customer of one provider is calling a customer of, a, of another provider, there is that there's that rate that has to be paid, and therefore that dictates the minimum that that first provider can charge his customer because he has to recoup that cost to pay to to the second provider. Yeah. Right, that's right, Tony. Cross cross network calling in in the small island states has been a problem, and we are actually um, investigating that further right now to see how we can alleviate that problem. Because one of the things you will notice in, in, in our markets is if you look at the mobile penetration rate, you will see that it's, it's above 120, 130%. So you, you get the idea that everybody has more than one phone, right? right. But in, 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 in reality, what happens is people, the market has decided how best to deal with the problem of internet calling. So people would have two phones walking around, want to call DG and want to call Lime. Now, that might not necessarily be the best thing for our small economies because it means that instead of having money to buy other things, we have to have two phones in our pockets and so forth. So that situation is something that we are looking at right now, and hopefully we should have some measures to deal with further reducing the barriers of calling across networks. Right, that we, we definitely will keep our eyes on that, and we may invite you back <laughs> just for that, <laughs> uh, because because from North America we we recognize the the high cost to call destinations like Dominica, for example, and most people intuitively attribute that to to the cross network calling. Now, right. I was, before the um, communication from the listener, I was going to ask you to talk about the other aspects of the NTRC besides regulation. I, I know when we spoke earlier, you said that there is um, also some some um, interest in creating an enabling environment for, the, for the, the, the distribution, propagation of technology in the population. Can you talk about that then? Right. That 
that was that's also one of the other functions of the NTRC and so that we have a, a, a fund called the Universal Service Fund, which is um, contributed to by all of the providers, and that is supposed to address market deficiencies. For example, if we have um, an indigent community where the providers decide it's not cost-effective to go in there, we'll use the fund to basically um, extend services into that area. And we have basically decided that the can be used to promote um, technological advancement, to promote broadband, because the, the principle of the firm basically came about from North America, where, where it, it was where the firm was designed to extend the fixed networks. And I think recently America is debating about using the firm to promote broadband. But in Dominica, we've decided straight off the bat that the fixed network is pretty robust. And we're going to use the firm to promote broadband and advanced technologies. And when we speak of broadband in that context, we're speaking of the whole broadband ecosystem because we, we, we figured out that even if the network runs right next to um, someone's home in Dominica, if they don't see it as being relevant to them, then they won't likely jump onto to the Internet. Um, so right now we have an internet penetration rate of 15%. Uh, mind you, I just came back from the from Curso, and their broadband penetration is 70%. 70. You know, so, 72. So it, 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 the GDP of the country, the economy of the country, the 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 sophistication of the market, all of that would, would play a factor in, in how 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 much the populace basically. Um, Adopts the broadband. No, no. So, let's talk about yeah, the penetration. I just wanted to understand it. That is not uh -huh. a geographic number. I, I, I mean, are you talking about the geographic area that's covered by broadband or, or No, no, no. This is based on population, by, by population. Okay, the percentage of population that have access. Yeah, is it, is it okay. No, no, not accessing. Is the percentage of broadband connection versus the total population of the island? Okay. Yeah, so so that's what they that's what they that's what they um uh, that's the benchmark they use. Um so so what we recognize is we need to make broadband relevant to Dominicans. So we need a internet ecosystem, we need a, a an internet economy in Dominica. We need to facilitate the adoption of um broadband at all sectors of society in Dominica. So in, in that vein, the NTRC basically spearheaded uh, a mobile application development workshop to basically start creating um, content for the internet and for mobile applications. Okay, so go ahead, talk, tell us, tell us, tell us a little bit of details about that initiative. Songs, songs right off the alley of what we were discussing on on this weekend interview, two, uh, three, between two and four weeks ago. Where we, okay, were, well that, we were exploring the the role that technology can play in in the in the future of Dominica. So, right, right. Well, and and that's just a small a small cog in the wheel of creating the the whole eco ecosystem, whole broadband ecosystem. But that initiative was basically a partnership between NTRC. The university, uh, the local Dominica State College, and uh, 
international consultant called Bright Path. And basically, it was a five-week, five-day workshop where we took about 45 young adults through the process of creating a mobile app. Um, they were divided into three different virtual companies. Um, in those virtual companies, you had the content creators, you had the graphic user interface designers, and you had the developers. And they were, the idea of teamwork was inculcated in them throughout the whole process in, in order to develop anything of magnitude. They, they, they quickly realized how important it is to form teams and coalesce into a, into a union to try and, um, realize a, a common goal. Um, it went pretty well. The, the, the groups came up with three, three different apps. Um, one app was targeting the government sector. It was stuff uh, uh, ask. The, the, you would ask. You could ask of the app any question about government and it would query a database and provide a response to the individual. During the development of the app, they realized that the receptionist at the government headquarters was utilizing a similar database. So what they're working on right now is trying to integrate the app with that database at the government headquarters, which will be automatically populated and provide more relevant and timely responses to questions surrounding government. The other app was a social app. It was a debuzz. It was what, what, what it was called. And it involved, um, basically a social, a social networking app where you would have relevant social content about things happening in Dominica. Things, things you might be interested in, you might be you might subscribe to, and so forth. And the final app was an, an app geared towards the farmers. Basically, it, it, it was some sort of like a virtual almanac, telling them when to plant, what they should plant, and so forth. Wow. And mind you, after the workshop was done, we had a lot of interest from different stakeholders in society. Um, we had farmers call in saying, you know, they... Their wives basically have alerts on Farmville, telling them when they should water their farm, their virtual farm, and so forth and so forth. And he wants an app to do X, Y, Z, and tell him how far he should plant the dashes and what the maximum yield is, and giving a, a, a reporter from what his yield was and so forth and so on. So it has piqued a lot of interest in in the local community, and um, we we basically exploring alternatives as to how we can continue this initiative and build on it. And we we are in discussions with the university and the consultants to develop a 13-week um, free credit course along those lines so that we can um, have a, a, a deeper program for, for, for the students and, and anyone who's interested in, in, in Entering into that sector. That, that is so, that is very exciting. I, I, I mean, I'm listening to you and I'm saying this is exactly the type of initiative that we, that we need in Dominica. And I, and I, I will pause and say that, let, let us applaud the NTRC for taking this initiative. Because, um, we, we always, we, we need to think of tech using technology as the, the level of the playing field, if you want, it, so to speak, where um, we know we don't have a lot of economic power, but 
we are just as intelligent, uh, maybe even more intelligent than some. So, so if if the technology can be the leverage that can that can help us to compete on a more even on a more even playing field. And um, the three apps you said that that came out of the workshop was um, a government services app, a agricultural, you want to say virtual almanac, so to speak, and a, a social app. Those. I think are pretty, pretty relevant and pretty interesting. How how long was this workshop? Was it was it a week a weekend? The, the, the workshop was five days. Was five days, and, and I mean the students were really impressed with what they could deliver in just five days. And I mean the the investment was pretty substantial to the NTRC, mind you. But I mean if 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 we were to get more investors involved and more of venture capitalists involved in that type of activity, I think we could do a lot more. I think we could um, basically create the type of environment that um, would foster that type of development in Dominica. I know recently the government mentioned that they're going to um, they're going to launch an ICT park. I haven't got much details about it, but that that too is a is an initiative that you should probably keep your eyes open. An ICT park. Um, uh, yes. Okay. This, this, this is this is very good, um, exciting news, Craig. This is this is an ideal time for us to take a quick break, um, to take a quick musical interlude, so to speak, and we will be right back. Um, this is this week in interview for September 18, 2013, and um, we are having a conversation with Mr. Craig Nesty, the executive director of the. National Telecom Regulatory Commission of Dominica. So stand by and um, we'll be right back. Get to the 
National Telecom Regulatory Commission of Dominica, uh, which is a, an organization that, um, like it says, regulates um, the telecom and industry in Dominica, um, trying to keep the, the providers in the, in the economy, in the industry honest, so to speak. But also because of the what you want, to, what you may call the infancy of what telecom industry in Dominica, they also, the, the commission is also charged with helping to, to create an enabling environment to nurture the telecom industry. And uh, right before the break, um, Mr. Nesty was telling us about a five-day workshop that they held in conjunction with the college and, and, a, and, a, and, a, and a couple other stakeholders. And um, exciting development it seems because the students out of that workshop were able to to develop mobile apps um, that uh, that farmers are finding to be relevant and and their peers are finding to be relevant in, in a social setting and also uh, to be able to search and find information on government services so obviously um, great achievement on a five-day five-day workshop. So congratulations again on the on the concept and the execution of the of the project. And um, listeners will will identify how synchronous that is with with the way that we were with our last um, themes that we had, where we spoke about the role of of technology in the development of Dominica. And we had we had a young college student who called in as well. And made the suggestion of having smart boarding classes, and um, we we do have some interest from some other listeners who wanted to make this a project to to pick a pick a school and do a pilot project and try to get smart boards into that into that school and um, try to get tablets into the hands of students and get get some teachers get curriculum development involved and put some classes on on tablets for for the students. Um, so, so Craig, let's talk a little bit more um, about how, for example, um, the involvement of the diaspora—not even, not even the diaspora, but 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 the bridging the gap between the local economy and the and the regional international economy—that um, would help Dominica to be able to take advantage of the developments that that seem to be happening. In the um, in the in the broadband um, area of of the industry, 
Well, truly, I think um, initiatives like yours, your radio show, for example, is, is a good start. I think the diaspora needs to, to reconnect with Dominica. And I know there's a lot of skills out there from Dominicans who are in industry, developing mobile apps, developing e-commerce facilities, developing applications. I think these people should find some way to reconnect with Dominica to try and move Dominica closer towards an internet-based economy. Um, we, we, we basically put in an IXP earlier this year. It's an internet exchange point. Um, we, I think we're the second in the OECS to have done so and the third in the Caribbean to have done so. And what it essentially does, it, it connects the local internet service providers among themselves. So no longer if a service is on mapping and someone online wants to access that service, no longer they have to go to Florida and come all the way back to Dominica to access that service. Right now they can access that service um, directly and staying with all the internet traffic staying locally. So all local traffic would remain local. So that that is the underpinning of establishing a local internet economy. I mean, what we would need right now is local e-commerce servers, local e-commerce solutions that can be housed at the IXP that would take full advantage of that facility where um, store owners, for example, can now sell their goods online. Farmers can sell their goods online. We, we need to transform Dominica into that sort of economy so that we can realize the efficiencies that come along with that and the ability to market our products and services to a global market and not only to the other 70,000 people on the island. So, I mean, if we were to realize that the market is the world and not just Dominica, then there would be a lot more collaboration, a lot more sharing because we wouldn't be fighting over the same pie. You know, so we need that transformative effect to take place for Dominica to move forward. So, so is there is there like a website or, or something where, where persons who are interested could go to that website, for example, and um, and and find more information or, 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 or request information? Do you have a website? Well, the NTRC has a website. I mean, you can Google NTRC Dominica, but that. That, that, that wasn't really our primary, um, function. From that, so, but, but, from speaking from, from us discussing this right now, probably we should incorporate a forum on that website where people from the diaspora can call, can, can, can log in, can make contributions, can, can engage us and say, okay, this is what they're willing to do, how can they help and so forth. So, that, that's, that's a good idea coming out of this talk and it's something that we'll look into and, See how we can incorporate that into our existing structure. Certainly. And I mean, we, we can talk about a few examples. I mean, I, I know I don't know all of them. So I, I for, <laughs> for example, there's Dominican News Online, DNO. Um, right. A lot of, a lot of Dominicans overseas, I'm sure probably locally to, um, find out what's happening on DNO. Uh, as a matter of fact, I know stuff happens, it gets on DNO, people on the outside see it and call persons in Dominica and tell them, you know, this just happened. Um, yeah. So DNO has been pretty big. I, I think we, we probably, that's a resource you could probably look to see. How yeah, but, 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 but Tony, when you think of that though, that's all reactionary. That's not really a sustained plan with an objective and a directive saying, okay, we need to realize this goal and this is how we're going about doing it and we have, 
from the diaspora are contributing. So I think we, we could have a link on DNO to some sort of centralized repository where we where we can brainstorm, where we can capture all of the energies from the from the diaspora yeah. and try to move them forward. Yeah. And I agree with that, but I, I was highlighting DNO because DNO could be a central point of information dissemination. From yes, I, I, I wish you. I, we, we could definitely get them to partner with us and see how they can um, further advertise that, that effort. Right. There is, there's other sites, for example, like New Music Zone. There's a lot of followers on New Music Zone. Um, there, there's, I think there's this guy who does um, photographies. Um, there is the initiative, well, actually a sponsor for the show, Telenative has an initiative where they provide local numbers to Dominicans living overseas, so you can make local calls to Dominica. Um, yeah. There are also are initiatives where local Dominican programming on, 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 on this side, because this is a radio version, but we also have a television aspect as well, um, net, where we, we carry mapping Channels 5 um, programming Pretty much 24/7, and we so we carry local news, and we stream activities that go on in Dominica. Uh, so, so there could be partnerships that could be developed. For example, where if something is happening in Dominica and the diaspora wanted to see it, we could we could stream it on on TDNEntertainment.net and provide access to the persons in the diaspora who would who would want to participate. For for example, so. So yes, I, I, I see the opportunity existing for, for collaboration um, between those entities. But, but as you say, there needs to be sort of a coordination of, of the different um, services that's out there that exist so that, so that persons can know this exists. And the e-commerce part of it is very, very, very relevant. Um, I know if, for example, and again, Following examples, I know a lot of Dominicans would jump on the opportunity to be able to get a six-pack of Kuguli beer, you know. Um, so there's, there, there certainly is that opportunity to to globalize the local economy, and, and that's what we mean when we say the technology then provides the ability for us to do that. Okay, right, we, right. we're approaching the the coming up fast on nine o'clock, so I'm going to uh, let you this tell talk talk about. Um, other aspects of the entirety that we may not have touched on, or even if you want to, if you want to expand further on the broadband or any other aspect of of um, the role of the NTRC. Well, I mean, I'm not sure exactly where I should head right now because the the audience is really the diaspora. So I'd, mm -hmm. I'd really want to basically just beseech them to play a more active role in in the development. Of, of Dominica and um, basically reach out there are a number of ways that they can do that and I will be getting in touch with you Tony so that we can see how we can create a more formal link between the expertise in the diaspora and, and what's available in Dominica um, another, a few other initiatives that I've been looking at um, I've been in discussions with Intel and like you know Intel establishes um, Intel universities all over the world and we're supposed to be signing an MOU with Intel to have them set up a, 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 a university in Dominica yeah. to, to develop basically around application creation as well. I've also been in negotiations with um, Dr. Pepper from Cisco 
and he's very interested in establishing a, a Cisco Academy in Dominica. So we'll be spearheading that event as well. So we're trying to create the links with the industry giants. I mean, I haven't had any conversation with Microsoft <laughs> or anything like that, but, but Intel and Cisco, we've had a few discussions with them. Uh, like I say, that isn't the primarily, primary function of the NTRC, but we feel it absolutely necessary that we address the skills aspect of the, of the broadband ecosystem if we're going to transform Dominica, at least give Dominicans a fighting chance to participate in this global internet ecosystem. And, and certainly we, we, we know, for, I mean, this is very attractive because by and large, those are very clean industries, if you want to think of it that way, and, and it fits right into Dominica position itself as, as Nature Isle or, or the, its eco-tourism um, posture. Uh, I mean, right. and, and we know all it takes is, all it takes is one good software developed or one good app and you, and it sells a, a, a few million um, copies around the world. The impact that would have on our small economies in Dominica. It, 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 will be, it will be significant. I mean, it, it could be transformative. And as we talk about transformative industries, the 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 pursuit of the of the um of of the geophobic, um industry in Dominica might also be another opportunity where we could basically enter into silver farms and um and um. Storage facilities for, for, for large Fortune 500 companies because it'd be all green energy. It would be, it would be all renewable energy. And I know a lot of these companies like Google are investing in solar farms so that their facilities can be, um, powered by renewable energy. So we, we might have a competitive advantage in that area. Certainly. And, and we English speaking and we're next door, you know, and, and right. don't talk about stability and and peacefulness, you know. So I think I think we definitely have um, these advantages that we that we should be taking, we should be taking gra- grasping hold of. And, and and I think just from this conversation, it seems that that you guys have the vision that may be necessary to to take this take this to the next step. There's one area that I know. Um, some persons have an interest in, and if, if we can take a couple minutes to talk about it, how would someone go about applying for a license? Is there, is there a particular um, requirement? For example, somebody wants to start let's say, and become a, an ISP, or somebody wants to enter the broadband, um, jump in the field and right. provide broadband services, right. what would be the process? There, there are actually application forms on our website. Um, you can go to www.ntrcdom.org or just Google NTRC Dominica and our website should come up and there are actually application forms on there for the different um, services that one would be interested in, in applying for. Um, the, the ISPs, fixed lines, submarine cables, um, Mobile operators, these are what you call individual licenses, and they, they require a sizable amount of investment, and the licenses don't come cheap. And, uh, the frequency authorizations that go along with, with these sort of services are also quite costly. So, you find, 
large operators basically engaging in those types of services. services. But we have um, licenses for value-added services as well that we, we don't find a number of players in that sector for whatever reason. So, and, and those licenses are, are more readily accessible, especially for the indigenous um, people of, of, of our community. So added, added value licenses for even if somebody wanted to provide services that would run online. Right, like any, any over the top services, okay. you know? Okay. So the OTT services that you want to, that you want to provide, I, I mean, those, those, those are, those are there. We had one guy from England who was interested in providing, um, IPTV. And he had his content coming in from California and he did a lot of discussions, but for some reason, it, it, it didn't pan out. Okay. I think at that point, the, the latency was too great from Dominica to the States. And he's, he was thinking, they, 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 we did not have an IXP at that time. And he was thinking of hosting his service. He had to host his service at one of the telecom providers, right? Whereas currently, right now, you could actually host a service like that at the IXP. Okay. And you'd be automatically connected to all three providers. So he might have been a little ahead of his time. Okay. <laughs> so, so certainly the, the, there is room for for persons who have the expertise and the resources to jump in, and that's and, right, and and to and to and to get in the fray. So, yep, I, 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 we're we're pushing five minutes to to nine o'clock, and so we're coming to the end of our conversation. Very interesting conversation, um, very informative on a topic that that we, I must confess, I wasn't as familiar with, and I and I would guess that a lot of our listeners um, may not have been as familiar with as well. So, uh, Craig, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. We we thank you for the information, and we, we applaud you on the visionary initiatives that you are leading at the NTRC. Um, we wish you all the best, and of course, we are here to support. And um, as you said, we need to we need to stay in touch so that we can try to see how we can assist in setting up the infra necessary infrastructure that will allow the, um, the the various people to jump in. So let just give some closing remarks, you know, um, and 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 we'll say thank you for being with us. Well, Tony, let me say thank you for inviting me, and I'm um, I'm really happy that you did, and I'm glad that we can um, at least start the conversation. Hopefully, we can build on this. And we can tap into the vast resource of um, expertise in the diaspora to assist us in our vision as we try to transform Dominica. No, certainly, certainly, Craig, and thank you very much. And um, we will definitely be in touch, listeners. This we want to say thank you to to Mr. Nesty and Craig. Thank you very much, and good night. All right, good night. Well, listeners, you you've heard it. We've had uh, another interesting hour on um, this week in interview. We we understand a little more about the environment in Dominica. You know, Mr. Nesty was very very informed, you know, very visionary um, leader at the NTRC, and we we would like to thank him for for taking the time to come out. 
we also would like to thank you for our loyal listeners for for joining us on this weekend interview. We we appreciate your time and we appreciate your feedback. Please um, contact us, send us your questions, your inquiries, your ideas at um, info at cdnradio.net. And um, do have a very good night. This has been this weekend interview, and we thank you very much. We'd like to say thank you to our engineer, uh, Mr. Sam, and our producer. Good night. This has been this weekend interview for September 18, 2013, and I'm your host and guide, Anthony Trigo. Wonderful night.